we get very, very niche on the inheritance list. We send four times within 30 days. So our goal is to annoy them. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to out-of-state real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Do you know how you can benefit from crowdfunding? If you haven't checked out our special series, Best Crowdfunding Crash Course Ever, presented by Patch of Land, then you need to. It's episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, because you'll hear from the industry's leading crowdfunding experts on how you can benefit by getting involved whether it's getting access to funds for your deal or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Justin Wilmot. Hi, Justin. Joe, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Justin is joining us from Flagger Beach, Florida. Now, I wanted to say a larger city, but uh, which is Daytona. He's about 45 minutes away, but I sensed through our conversation before he started recording that he really wanted to represent Flagger Beach. He's, he's, uh, he's definitely proud resident of that area. Love my little surf town, man. (laughs) And on that note, I'll go ahead and get into the non-real estate related fact. He surfs more than he works, which is why he created something called the 10-Hour Wholesaler, so he can go surfing all the time. He's the founder of 10-Hour Wholesale. He's done about 150 wholesale deals over the last seven years, and he's done about 150 fix and flips over the last seven years. So with that being said, Justin, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me, Joe. Um, So a little bit of my background, I started real estate investing um, accidentally when I was about 21 years old. Um, I bought a luxury condo in Flagler County, and I bought it in 2005. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great time. Yeah, it was a great time, especially for a luxury waterfront condo. <laughs> so um, that was my start, and um, but I, I knew I had more potential. You know, I, I've always been an entrepreneur since I was nineteen because I used to work in the restaurant business. And if I went home smelling like fish one more time, I was going to throw up. So um, I decided that real estate was going to be my route. But in order to get to real estate, I was kind of strategic. Um, I set up a detail business and yacht management company that worked exclusively for the world's largest um, luxury condo developer at the time, in, and they were based in Flyer County. And so that kind of got my foot in the door, um, I guess you can say with intention, um, to just start kind of uh, rubbing elbows with people in the business and just start listening to them, hanging out with them, befriending them, the whole nine. Um, and that really just ignited the spark even more. So when that company got successful, I was finally able to sell it. Um, and from that point, 
the first thing I did was hire a real estate coach. So that, uh, instead of buying books and tapes and all that, I just had somebody hold my hand through the process. So I started off, um, the very first thing I ever did was wholesale a HUD property in Kissimmee, Florida, which is actually where Disney really is. People always think it's Orlando, but it's actually in Kissimmee. <laughs> so that is where I did my first deal. And uh, from there, I did about 15 HUD properties in my first six or actually eight months. And that success led me into um, kind of building credibility with other investors in the area. And luckily enough, uh, private equities um, started reaching out to me. And so I was able to start leveraging private equity to do fix and flips throughout Florida. So that's kind of the brief synopsis of my story. When you started out with the HUD property, how did you find it? I found it through a HUD broker. Um, and that was one of the biggest things that my real estate coach did was, you know, I've done plenty of reading and, and educating myself over the years. But one thing he really did was say, Justin, do this, do this, do this. And he made me step out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I didn't know anything about like real estate investment clubs. And so I'm thinking, why the heck am I going to go to a RIA when all these guys, it's a room full of actual real estate investors and I've never done a deal. I ain't got no money to do a deal. What kind of value am I going to bring to them? And so he kept pushing me and um, he said, go there with the intention to find one thing. And so I did. And I ended up building a relationship with a HUD broker. And that pretty much, that did get my start. If it wasn't for that guy, I don't know what would happen. You did the first eight deals in six months. 16. Oh, 16. Yeah, I did one deal and then just said, that's it. And just literally went crazy and just started making offers on almost every single HUD that I found in that county. And then you attracted the private money for, you know, for financing these properties. How did that come about? I think just from the credibility, like people started knowing that I was doing deals and saying, look, this kid's actually doing stuff. And I think action, you know, it creates a buzz. And I don't know. I don't know what you would want to call it. I didn't reach out to the person, you know, Um, he kind of came to me. And so that's how that relationship started. I feel like, you know, if you're if you're out there doing stuff, um, making waves and being a go getter, you you earn credibility. And if you earn credibility, it's, it puts you in a much different position than actually reaching out to somebody for you know something like private money. What's better, wholesaling or fixing and flipping? Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question, I think, these days. But for me, um, since my whole thing, my whole motto in life is surf more than I work, I transitioned back into the wholesale business. So that's why I created this whole thing um, that I call the 10-hour wholesaler which is where we've expanded my wholesale business to about 16. Uh, we're actually, about 12 markets now. We were in 16, but I dropped a couple because they just weren't producing enough. So um, wholesaling is my thing right now. What are the pros and cons of each from a high level? For me, the biggest con for fix and flip uh, was just the time. You know, I don't, I, you know, there's some people that I've spoken to that, and, you know, I'm blessed to be in a circle of just phenomenal investors right now that do lots and lots of fix and flips. But for me, I'm, I'm not stoked on how much time it takes for me, no matter what kind of systems I was able to put in place with a field manager. Uh, I still had acquisitions managers. It still took too much from me. And I want a business that I can literally systematize and just sort of sort of steer the ship. And I couldn't do that with my fix and flip business. I'm sure there's people out there that have and do, but it just wasn't for me. What are the downsides to wholesaling when compared to fix and flip? Uh, the downside to wholesaling at this point would be the cost of your acquisition or the cost of your deals. Um, you know, it, it was easy breezy when we had an REO relationship on a national basis. 
uh, with a couple banks. And so we've just had to switch up to our marketing. So now it just costs us a little more money to acquire the deals than it used to. And what are you doing to acquire the deals? Direct mail. And what are some direct mail tips? The yellow letter has always worked really well for us. But one of the things I can say is get a list and people, I I feel like maybe too many people cast such a wide net and waste too much money on direct mail. We get very, very niche on, you know, like the inheritance list and we send it repetitively within 30 days. So one of my biggest tips is, you know, we send four times within 30 days. So our goal is to annoy them. (laughs) So get a call, whether it's good or bad, and take that energy once that call comes and see if we can actually... See, that's the thing. I have an operations manager that really focuses on conversions. So my focus at this point in our business is to figure out how we can take a not so motivated seller call and turn it into something real and tangible and turn it to a signed contract. And that's something that we really focus on. What are some tips to get someone who's not as motivated to help them walk them down the process or path of actually selling their property to you? Time, 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 time. That's why I don't do it myself because I do not want to spend my time on a phone with a motivated seller. So I have my operations and acquisitions manager spend time building rapport with them. So if somebody calls angry, there's a reason why with that letter or the yellow postcard, the handwritten postcard says, I want to buy your house. Please call me. There's got to be a reason why you called me. And so let's spend time with a few you know, I have a what we you know a, a script that we use, and I say let's spend the time figuring it out until they hang up on us. You know, at this point we stay on the phone until they literally will hang up. Like they so frustrated, this click, and that's cool because we get more conversions. You know, we'll spend the time. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say that it is to get extremely clear on one very singular path. So anybody that's new. Get extremely clear. Pick on one strategy that resonates with you and do nothing else but just that, right? Literally write it down, plan out your day, plan out your week, plan out the next three months and stick to that script, that one piece of paper, stick it on your wall and that's it. Stop paying attention to other stuff. Just get really, really clear. So you started a detail and yacht company, and I kind of want to go back to the beginning where you know you got your your start in the community because that's such an interesting business. Did you start it with the intention of rubbing elbows with the influential and well-to-do people, or did you have something else in mind? Yeah, my wife and I talk about that all the time, and I don't know if I consciously did that. I think it was subconscious. See, the thing is I've always had something – some sort of passion about real estate. Um, my grandmother um, was in the real estate, has always been in the real estate space and owning campgrounds and um, doing commercial stuff, but I had nothing to do with it. And the same thing with my father. He started doing some fix and flips. And he was also, he still currently is a yacht captain. So I've always been a fan of boats, right? I love boating. I love yachting. I grew up on a boat. So if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, going into the boating in space was my first thing as a young person. As I said, this I can do because this I like. And if I'm going to do this here, I also like real estate. So how can I potentially position myself where I can still get into real estate? And that is where I believe my focus came purely and intently just to be a subcontractor for that company. Because that company had insane amount of boats. All of the employees, the company itself had about four boats, and then it acquired almost a 160-foot yacht. 
and we solely managed all of those boats, which kept me and my team at that point. I had, had eight employees and it kept us busy, you know, 60 hours a week. So I think it was a subconscious thing. Um, but whatever it was, I, you know, it, it's, it was a, it's, it's always been a vision, right? I, I'm, I'm a big believer in just having a vision, a high goal and, um, keeping it really, really clear in your mind. And I think things just sort of, uh, intrinsically work their way towards that. As long as you keep that in your mind. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Best ever lightning Go ahead, man. Shoot. <laughs> First, a very quick word from our best ever sponsors crowdfunding you've heard about it and now it's time to learn about it our best ever sponsor patch of land is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions that's p-a-t-c-h-o-f-l-e-n-d.com forward slash best ever do you need an equity partner or do you know about a great deal and want to get paid for finding it? Masia Development is looking for retail and medical office deals nationwide in the 1 to 30 million range. With over 500 million of assets in their portfolio, Masia Development can help you make that retail or medical office deal happen. Email them at jv at com. Best ever book. Best ever book. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, hands down. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Personal growth experience was hiring my first real estate coach, again, hands down. Somebody that helped me uh, push out of my comfort zone and knock down um, just, you know, bad beliefs, disabling beliefs. And I just, he helped me push through the barriers, which I believe is what life is all about. Best ever success habit you practice. Starting to schedule my life out in a week advance. Um, Google Calendar, honestly, is like the best thing ever for me. I will schedule my entire week out, hour to hour, and set alerts and text messages on my phone so I have to be annoyed. I'm like ADD, so I got to be told what to do, um, and that's what I do. Best ever deal you've done? Best deal I've done was uh, probably a fix and flip that I did in Flagler County on a saltwater canal home. We bought it for and about $100,000 and sold it for two fifty nine dollars in 32 days from start to finish. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? I am excited about my 10-hour wholesaler space, my 10-hour wholesaler education, um, as well as what I'm doing. And so that's that's really exciting. I love watching that grow and expanding into other markets throughout the country. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I give to church, but to be completely candid, it sounds kind of corny, but to me, there is nothing better than being able to give something information-wise and help to a person that could help change their lives. The thing is, I hate seeing people work nine to five or working for somebody. It's literally like almost makes me sick hearing people complain about their life because they have to go, go work for a person. So if I can give somebody some information or help them, no matter what, they ask me a question, whatever it is, I give, 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 give to try to help change somebody's life in that context. Best ever quote. Ships are safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are built for. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Oh man, uh, I've made plenty of mistakes. Um, biggest mistake I've probably made though was partnering up with uh, the wrong people. So make sure you vet who you're going to partner up with and work with people with just a good integrity. How do you vet them? Spend more time with them and ask the tough questions that you don't want to ask. That's what I learned. There were questions that I know I needed to ask, but I felt uncomfortable or that it might mess up this potential partnership. 
screw that. <laughs> Ask the question, no matter how uncomfortable it is, right from the beginning. What would be some uncomfortable questions? What exactly are you going to bring to the table step by step? Where, like for me, it was fun, it was equity funding partners. Where are you getting your money from? What are you going to contribute to this business? And what am I going to contribute to this business? How many hours are you going to put into it? What's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me. Uh, you can reach me at the 10hourwholesaler.com. Um, that is a, just a nice presentation of what it is that exactly that we do. It's completely free and um, entertaining. <laughs> and it's 10, the number 10, ourwholesaler.com, right? Yes, 10hourwholesaler.com. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about the pros and cons of wholesaling and fixing and flipping, talking about some direct mail tips. I mean, one of them, I've done a lot of these shows and one I have not heard yet is if you focus on people who have an inheritance to send them a letter four times within 30 days. I've heard you have to follow up, follow up, follow up, but I haven't heard that specific number before of times. And um, it's clearly it's working for you. So it's really just about repetition within a, a compressed time frame. And you know, with, when when you were talking about having being clear, get clear on one singular path. You know, your best ever advice: do nothing else but just get really good at that one thing, and then kind of scale up from there. But make sure you're you're really good at that one thing. And then, lastly, how you ended it with your biggest mistake and how to vet people. I love that advice, and I love how you know you, you talked about get to know people and ask them the tough questions because at the beginning of any business partnership, everything's perfect and everything will be perfect. It will never go wrong. Well, it does go wrong. Things do happen and I'll never forget one of the things a very successful entrepreneur friend of mine mentioned to me. He's like, Joe, you know, the reason why business partnerships fail is a majority of the time is because lack of expectations at the beginning are set. There's there's not enough communication on what each other's roles are and what specifically what value each of you are bringing to the table. So really ask those difficult questions at the beginning it's a, a partnership saver for sure, potentially a, a relationship saver as well. So ask those tough questions that, that you're kind of wondering about, but you're hesitant to ask. There are tactful ways to ask those questions, but make sure you get very clear answers to the tough questions like, you know, what specifically are you bringing to the table? What specifically are you anticipating I bring to the table in this partnership? And then any other relevant parameters around that. Thank you so much for sharing your best ever advice, Justin, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe, for having me. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever. 